Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. A week ago, late Saturday night, I was sitting with groups of astute and thoughtful teenagers, listening to their questions about faith. I say listening because while I was ostensibly there to answer their questions, very often I looked them in the eye and said things like, that's in the realm of mystery, or just plain old, I don't know. (laughs) Thankfully, there were questions I could answer, like, who is marriage for? Answer, everyone. And what's my favorite flavor of ice cream? (laughs) That was a good one. Answer, cookies and cream. I was grateful I could answer a few queries because I don't like saying I don't know. My family will tell you that I can bluff a pretty good answer to a question to avoid admitting the limits of my knowledge. But when someone asks me, what happens after we die? I am sure that this is a question I should not bluster on. I don't know. I have hopes, but my brain is this big. And my experiences are entirely limited to this side of life. So I get to the second half of chapter 16 in Luke, and I have to sit very quietly, letting the images and words stare back at me. And I have a lot more questions than answers. Which New Testament scholar Amy Jill Levine says is how parables are supposed to work. So that's good, even if it makes me really uncomfortable. Jesus is telling us a story, and it's about a lot of things. Wealth and power in this world. Poverty and desperation in this world. Comfort in what comes next? Torment in what comes next? Flames and cool water? Warnings and heedings about, and heeding those warnings? Prophets and resurrection. It's about worlds Jesus and his listeners can see all around them, and worlds they cannot see, worlds they can only imagine. And this story is about worlds we can still see today, all around us, and those we can only wonder about. And maybe the story does describe the way things will be, and maybe not. I'll tell you, I balk at eternal torment of any kind for anyone, as much as there are people who make this world a little or a lot more broken 
My schadenfreude at their despair or torture is not a good look for me. And much more significantly, eternal torture and punishment for anyone, even the worst of us, is not a look for the God of love we just sang about, a God of mercy and redemption. Blessedly, for me, it's not a lane I belong in anyway. (laughs) Because as I mentioned, my brain and also my heart are only so big. And my experiences are entirely limited to this cracked up, beautiful, fleeting side of life. That leaves me with only one more image to sit with just a little bit longer. That chasm. Since I don't know for sure about untraversable chasms in the next realms, all I can helpfully do is think about chasms in this realm. This is, after all, the content of the given messengers, Moses and the prophets, and the requested would-be messenger, Lazarus. Here, I think, is a pretty good paraphrase of what those messengers, Moses and the prophets, and maybe Lazarus, could say, do say. Take a good, hard look at the chasms. And instead of imagining their fixed nature in some next world, imagine some ways across in this world. The this world chasm in the story is not actually a gorge, y'all. It was just a gate. It wouldn't have been all that hard for the rich man to open it just enough to pass some leftovers through. But it seems he didn't even register the existence of Lazarus. He didn't see or chose not to see the gap and the human just on the other side. Some chasms are just gates with a simple latch to be lifted. Some are genuine abysses, canyons and ravines that will require a lot more imagination and even more gear to get across. Some are physical, actual train tracks or interstates that put some people on the wrong side and leave them there stranded without resources or support, or oceans that allow the myth of insulation to soothe us, fences that keep that annoying neighbor at bay, but not the sound of their leaf blower, (laughs) some ruptures and rifts are intangible, unresolved and unforgiven hurts that fester just as much as Lazarus's sores, or fears of difference that lie between us and lie to us, that keep us from recognizing the human inside that monster label. Fatigue and despair and overwhelm, whispering to us that nothing really matters and we might as well not try. Tangible or intangible, 
these spaces are all too real. And Moses and the prophets and Jesus the storyteller are asking us to take a look at the chasms in our present lives. If you go to England and you ride the tube or you're walking through the underground subway stations, you'll hear the announcers routinely remind travelers to mind the gap, to pay close attention to the space between the platform and the train. We have to see the spaces in our lives that separate and divide us. And if we want to go anywhere, we have to be willing to step across. When the steps are small or the gates are unlocked and easy to open, this isn't all that hard of a message to mind. But sometimes it seems like the breach is impassable. And we can start to heed the voices that say, it's too late. It's too late to do anything about climate change. It's too late to say, I'm, I'm sorry. Or it's too hard. It's too hard to feed all these people. It's impossible to right the inequities of centuries of oppression. It's way too hard to sit down and listen to my grief or their pain. Like I said earlier, I struggle with the idea that the chasm is permanently fixed in that unknowable next chapter. But I know for a fact that the chasms are not fixed here. Whether or not it was too late for the rich man after his death, this story tells us that it's not too late for the five living brothers and that it's not impossible for us. What's hard about that message is that it's hard. It's really hard to do the work of climbing down the side of the canyon, across the depths, and back up the other side, especially when you don't really know exactly what you're going to find when you get there. But parables are not really supposed to pat us on the back and tell us we're fine inside of our gates. They're intended to provoke and challenge and to leave us with questions like, how do we get across this chasm? Our storytelling God doesn't give us turn-by-turn -turn GPS directions guiding us efficiently through the wilderness, nor precisely measured blueprints for how to construct bridges over. But perhaps we do have a few compass points that will guide us through the wilds and the deeps. Hope and love, hope whispering that while we live, we have time. Hope telling us it's not too late. And even small steps get us somewhere. And love, love suggesting that we are actually strong enough to do the hard thing and that love will empower us in doing it. The poet Rumi, another wisdom teacher from our sister faith, Islam, says, love is the bridge between you and everything. Love is the bridge between you and everything.
Love is the bridge between you and me, between rich and poor, between hurt and healed. Love traverses languages and histories and geographies, and it's never too late for love. Nothing is so fixed and gaping that love cannot reach out and over. So I don't like to admit it, but there's a lot I don't know. And I don't even know exactly what to do next when I stand right at the edge of that deep fissure. But I do believe that God is on both sides of every chasm and present on the path between. And while I don't know where hope and love will lead me exactly, nor you on your journey, I do believe that we are still invited across that chasm. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.